Welcome to the Action Research Podcast, somehow the first podcast dedicated solely to action research. Each episode, action research experts Adam and Joe explore facets of this research methodology. Speaking with experienced and emerging action researchers, they aim to contribute to this important and growing field and understand the nuance and process of action research in action. Thanks for tuning in. Now, on to your hosts. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Season 3, Episode 2 of the Action Research Podcast. And today, we are celebrating another Action Research Podcast app success. In the last episode, we talked about me finishing my dissertation, which was awesome. Go back and listen to that if you haven't yet. Talk about the whole experience, and hopefully it's useful to all of you graduate students out there. But on today's episode, Joe and his colleague, Mark Braceoff. Hi, Mark. Thanks for coming back on the podcast. You guys have your book being published this month, and we thought that would be awesome for you guys to come back on the podcast and talk about your book. So welcome, Joe and Mark. How's it going? It's great, Adam. What are you going to do with all your free time now? <laughs> with all my free time, I'm just going to be as, I'm just going to enjoy it as much as I can. I'm doing a pretty good job of that so far. Uh, you know, I'm st- st- sticking with the work. I got the coffee project still going on and we have this podcast, which is super fun. I'm building a house, so I'm, I'm pretty good at filling my time at the moment, but definitely not spending it writing my dissertation. So I feel good about that. It sounds relaxing and enjoyable, man. Good for you, man. Yeah, it's nice trying to get outside a little bit more, enjoy the mountains, go fishing. But that is not the topic at hand today. Today, the topic at hand is your guys book so can we just kind of start with some low-hanging fruit can you tell us like what the you know what's the title of your book what's it about what are some major contributions to the field can you introduce your book to our audience so the book is called student voice research theory methods and innovations from the field the reason we decided to write this book and i think this is relevant to action research pod listeners is because the how of student voice research, student voice research, action research, a lot of these paradigms or methodologies or ways of thinking about information and decision-making need more what's called procedural knowledge. So they need to know more about like, I think one of the things that's missing is the how. Like how do we get into doing this stuff well? And Mark and I were hanging out at a conference. So for those of you who may be a little scared or who don't like conferences, sometimes conferences can be very, very helpful. We were hanging out at a conference, just, you know, shooting the breeze, and we are talking about student voice research. Uh, we both had presentations about that, and uh, we were like, oh, this is really cool. Your stuff is really cool. And Mark was like, yeah, your stuff's really cool too. And then we started talking about things, and one thing led to another, and they're like, let's write a book about how to do student voice research because there's so much great stuff out there, but like the nitty gritty details about how to do this and all the different methods and all the different ways you could do student voice research and the paradigms that are just all over there. We should, uh, you know, come up with something that can be concise and, and practical and really helps emerging researchers, PhD students, even advanced researchers understand the how of uh, student voice research. Yeah, I mean, that, that's what we're doing with it. And um, the idea really came along uh, from when we first started it, because, um, you know, when you think about edited volumes, you think about like, oh, you can just read a chapter, uh, you know, take the rest of the book and put it aside. 
Um, and uh, we didn't want that to be the case for this book. We wanted it to be a way in which we could bring scholars from around the world together uh, and think intellectually around what does it mean to do this kind of research with students and why it's its own field. And as Joe and I were developing the framework for the book, conceptual framework, now we reached out to the authors and said, hey, this is, this is what we're thinking. What kind of feedback do you have? Because um, again, like the, the researchers we're working with in this, in this text are, are really unbelievable. We've been doing this work for a long time in different ways in different spaces. Um, and they gave us great feedback and it really became a, a framework in a book where each author that contributed really wanted to deepen and dig into the framework and then expand through their own practices. So it became, which I think is rare in, um, in the field of scholarship and writing, uh, when you do collaborative projects that end up being edited by ends, it's really rare to have a book that really works well together. And this one does. I'm really excited about it. So the kind of the nature of who Joe is and, and the open nature of, of the field of being democratic and conversive, it's just sort of, it played really well for the book. Yeah, I would say it was a lot of fun to to be able to to have a book that's collaborative. Uh, I don't know if you're feeling it as grad students. Um, I I've, I feel less competition in our field and more centered on the care of young people and ensuring that their their voices are heard and that they have empowering spaces. And I think that that creates a an ethos of uh, of, of a collaborative spirit, a democratic spirit, and you'll see that play out in the, in the book. And that's what makes it an exciting project. Nice, that sounds great. I wanna ask you guys a question sort of that like hovers between like process oriented, what it's like actually writing a book and then some content oriented stuff with respect to student voice research. So I think the way I'll frame this question is the following, like, can you tell us a little bit about what it's like co-writing a book together? And, and presumably you both have your own lived experiences when it comes to um, student voice research and the, the practical nature of what you've done in the field, what you thought needed to be contributed in this book to address kind of Joe, what you were saying, how this book addresses the how. Presumably you both brought something to the table with respect to that. So what was that process like in working together and deciding on what to share within the book? You know, what ways were both of your experiences represented and what in what ways were your shared experiences represented? And perhaps even in what ways did you diverge with certain ideas and how did you um, create, you know, a, a solution to, to that challenge? Yeah, it's a great question. We built some of the framework before the pandemic, then got the book contract like right when the pandemic hit. I had a baby that came at that same moment. And then I was looking at this contract thinking, uh, can we not do this book? <laughs> but, um, and so, Joe brought, honestly, like I never really said this to him, but I was ready to just like tap out, to be honest with you. I was like, I was running the Senate. I was doing all sorts of crazy stuff. I'm like, I, I, there's, how's this book even happen? And Joe just kept showing up, man. And he kept, he, he brought this energy and openness and, and um, flexibility. He, he was just such an easy partner to work with. And that made it very inviting for me. And truly like this is our baby you know joe and i had a baby together this is this is this book you know our relationship's only going to grow and deepen congratulations thank you so that played out in our writing and all that so we, we google doc it and then we just started like throwing ideas down and 
Um, we started shaping each other's ideas. And then I'm like, you know, we have to make sure voice is part of this process. And it's like really transparent, our voice, uh, what's going on. So we went from like editing to like suggestions in the Google Docs. So we think the suggesting stuff to each other and having a conversation. And so that ended up being a really, really um, generative and positive, constructive and collaborative process for us. So that's just sort of a little bit about the process. And we would always like, have like these zoom meetings where we would talk about the writing and then we would do the writing like we work in the space itself and like talk about it so it was like like joe and i created this like sort of like pandemic safe space where like we just like all the the worries of the world sort of got to melt away a little bit and we got to really think about the writing but in terms of like um our capacities and different sort of expertise um, you know, my my lens is organizational learning and change um, and civic education. And those are the spaces that I've been in. I think about the ways in which students intersect with educational leadership practices and what does that look like and how does that make schools better? And I lean into like organizational theor theoretical change models and so forth to, to think through that. Um, you know, I don't want to speak for Joe, but Joe is, um, he, he's, he, he's on the ground in a different way. Like he's working in different countries. He's thinking about action research. I haven't really done action research yet. I, I've done action. I've done youth adult participatory processes and pro projects, but I've never sort of like researched with students, like the change processes themselves, whereas Joe has, and is, uh, and, you know, and Kayla Johnson, someone he was always collaborating with, they were always doing it grants to do the stuff in Peru. I mean, he was kicking ass to take a name. So, um, I just like learned so much about that process by listening and hearing and talking with Joe uh, and then the great podcast work that you all have been doing. And actually, I can't wait to do an action research, like a legit action research project from that. You know, I'm really excited about that. So those like kind of, that kind of came together. And then like, we each had like different networks of people that we've met and connected with. And that gave us the genesis of who was going to be in the book. You know, Joe, did I get you right? But yeah, I mean, I think it was like Mark said, it was just a really cool generative space. like. Just having this pandemic bubble to, to work on things is fun. It was just, you know, it's nice to, to have a space to do some of this thinking and writing. For me, it was, you know, like like Mark said, most of my stuff is student voice work. You know, students' voices are one thing that, you know, youth voice is something that is often ignored in the development sphere. Um, and I think it's really important that it's there. And, and so that's what a lot of what I've been doing. And so I, I was bringing that to this, you know, thinking about methods, methodologies, and research paradigms, and action research paradigms, and how do we actually foster really socially just change, and, and having students' voices there is essential for that. So that was my, you know, one of the things that I was bringing to this was that kind of perspective. And Mark's, like, got some really kick-ass work going on in terms of organizational change and leadership, and it really dovetailed nicely together. We had some really awesome authors contribute to this, too. Kayla wrote a chapter, Vanessa, our very own Vanessa Gold, co-wrote a chapter with some other PhD students. Lisa Starr, who's been a, a contributor to the podcast, uh, wrote a nice chapter as well. So we've had a nice collaborative space. Writing a book is a challenge just because there's so many other things, like Mark said, like a pandemic happened and we were still writing. And it's definitely not easy, but it made it a lot easier because it was fun. It was like, oh, I can take an hour and like work on this book on a Google Doc and, and like talk to it. Mark about some of the ideas that we were having and it was just like all right here's a nice space to to be where when you're dealing with all this other stuff going on it's kind of a nice intellectual 
activity. And for those of you listening, if you want to hear more about student voice research, we, we recorded a whole episode on this with Mark uh, in season two, so you can go back and find that. But um, before we wrap up today's discussion, I do want to note, you know, the book is called Student Voice Research Theory, Methods, and Innovations from the Field. I was wondering if maybe one or both of you could talk about one or two of the particular specific methods and or innovations that that you reference in the book just to give an example to our listeners i mean student voice research i think is a broad topic but like perhaps you could offer a bit more of a specific example of you know what potential reader might experience by reading your book sure i'd be happy to talk about one of them there is a scholar um, her name is eve mays and she is out of australia on the deakin university and she did work helping to understand the processes that students engaged in school change in Australia in primary and secondary schools, I believe it is, over four years. And students had to sort of come together at this, at this like reflective activity, and she wanted to get a sense of the relationship dynamics with it between students and, and their work. And get them to really talk about power, if there were power dynamics going on. And so she talks about in, the, in her chapter about the use of material artifacts uh, and how we manipulate artifacts as a means to understand our own cultures and our interpretation of experiences uh, as sort of a, a, as a grounding to, to this technique where she's using a ball of yarn. And then students were in a circle and every time someone spoke, they had like the ball of yarn got a little bit unraveled and you passed it to that person. So you can imagine you stand in a circle there's like all these like sort of cross intersectional unraveling of the of, of the yarn, uh, and what it represented though was who was really speaking more, and what ideas seemed to, to seem to sort of generate more conversation. So the the so like nodes would begin to emerge in in the circle, illustrating like either like where the conversation was heading or who was talking more, and so that helped to. Uh, so then they then the, the researchers begin to ask questions about like this this sort of impact and like what were there people's voices that were either being represented as other voices or were there voices not being heard in the conversation or not being heard in the conversation during the school reform process and so as the yarn got passed around and students began to sort of see that they actually began to even invite more others to speak and became more inclusive in the space itself so not only was this a technique to sort of see the power dynamics that were happening, but for students to be meta about the dynamics and to, and to adjust in real time the conversations around school reform. So I loved I loved that chapter. I mean, I loved all the chapters, but that one specifically. I'm like, wow. And it's just like, and students see power. They sometimes don't have the language that inner subjectivity that we talked about uh, that we talk about as one of our principles in the book. Uh, but this became a method to sort of illuminate that. Super interesting and seems very practical as well. I think that's such a cool element of, of the book is that it, it seems like for student interested in implementing some of these tools that this, this book will really offer guidance on how to do that. So that, I think that's great. Joe, do you want to add anything before we, we wrap up? I got two things I want to add. So one is the cornerstone of this book, and this is what Mark and I spent a lot of time on, was the student voice research paradigm which has four principles. And I think those four principles are useful, not only for student voice research, although it's specifically geared towards student voice research, but I think you know, people who do action research might find this interesting. The four principles are intersubjectivity, contextual sensitivities, power dynamics, and reflexivity. 
if you want to learn more about that, you should buy the book. It's a shameless plug right there. In terms of some of the action research stuff, so Kayla Johnson wrote a, a really great chapter on some of the action research work we're doing with students using photocute interviewing. And what we did with that was explore the transition between secondary, finishing secondary school in Peru. This was in the Andes of Peru. We were working with first generation students from rural communities um, and use photos as a way to cue discussions about what happens uh, in the transition from secondary school in rural communities to going into the city, uh, in this case, Cusco, and going to university. And what are students' experiences? And then as we reflect together on students' experiences, we highlight some of the policies that the university has so that we can understand how policies impact students' experiences and then how we might be able to change students' experiences. Um, and so we had some really rich conversations with the students. We ended up speaking in front of the uh, various policymakers within the Cusco government. And we had a, right before the pandemic, it actually got shut down in the midst of the pandemic, we had students write up some of their reflections and some of their conclusions with some of their photos and it was um, a photo exhibit at the municipal palace so that all of the policymakers could see what's going on with students when they transition to Cusco and what some policy changes could be. She talks mostly about the how and the what of the particular interview technique. Uh, she does a really nice job of explaining how these four principles of the student voice research paradigm intersect and interact and, and inform student voice action research. Thank you for sharing that. I don't think you have to worry about your plug being shameful. I think go ahead and give your book a plug before we get up. We're hoping that it's useful for practitioners. Uh, they can get technique. They can learn about power dynamics. We love to get researchers um, to, to take a look at it and not feel so afraid or that student voice research is so burdensome. We believe that every research field um, deserves, um, especially in education, deserves to have students being part of the process in some way, shape or form to understand what's going on at schools. Although, of course, we're encouraging student voice researchers to check this work out, and there's lots of examples to, to support their development and growth, and regardless if they're a um, if they're new with this work or they've been doing it for a long time. Um, obviously, we want to encourage that group, but we want to encourage all ed researchers to begin um, thinking about school change processes in a way that represents and values the, the lived experiences of the young people they're trying to support. And so that's something that I think the student voice field is going to be in terms of a great contributor um, in the long run. I think when we look back on this time period, we think that we're a group of scholars that are pushing uh, into other fields and saying, hey, look, we, we, we can make schools a lot better and we can do so in a way that's much more democratic. And that's what this work's really about. So anybody that cares about democracy, buy the book, read it. Let us know what you think. Yeah, just you can find it on uh, Teachers College Press, so TC Press. Uh, um, we'll have a link in the show notes. Thank you. Thanks, Adam. My pleasure. Student Voice Research Theory, Methods, and Innovations from the Field. It's coming out on October 28th. Congratulations. And I know I'm looking forward to getting myself a copy of it and giving it a good read. And I hope you all do too, to our listeners. So thanks for listening. Thanks, Mark and Joe, for this awesome contribution to the field. And I think that's a wrap for this episode. How have you found yourself in the world of action research? Want to be interviewed or share one of your projects? 
Engage in interactive dialogue with Joe, Adam, and other experts and listeners in the community on Twitter at the underscore ARPod or the Action Research Podcast. You can subscribe to our podcast on most major podcast distribution platforms, including Spotify and Apple Podcasts. Thanks for tuning in to this episode of the Action Research Podcast, created by Adam Stieglitz, Joe Levitan, Shika DeWalker, Corey Legasic, and Vanessa Gold.